Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. This is the podcast for merchant sales reps and industry professionals who want to understand the industry and learn how to grow their portfolio. On the Insider's Report, Patty talks about disruptors and adjusting to competitive threats inside and outside of the industry. We finish out with a conversation about choosing an e-commerce provider and selling a merchant when they say a friend or family member services them. Now, let's jump into today's interview with Dee Karawadra, CEO of Impact Pay System, an experienced industry professional and entrepreneur. You and I have known each other for a while, but I, I'm not sure everybody else has. So can you provide us a little background about yourself, your experience, particularly as a serial entrepreneur, and what attracted you to merchant services and how you've grown your company? I think people would be interested in that. Well, thanks. Uh, I think uh, uh, I'd probably be more labeled as a, as a serial dumbass. <laughs> Dummy? Uh, no. Yeah. Well, hey, but you know, at least you picked yourself up every time you had a bad experience, right? That's the thing I've always thought was impressive about you. I did, I did. You know, uh, yeah. So, funny story. You know, life, uh, life at times brings you to certain, uh, certain crossroads, and um, where you have to make certain decisions. And and thankfully, I made a couple of decisions that worked out in in my favor. So, but to give you an idea. Um, you know, I, I, I was just bouncing around trying to make something happen uh, between jobs, and, and then I'd go try a little business, and, and then fail terribly. So I'd go back to the same job. These people were great; they would keep taking me back. Um, <laughs> and uh, eventually, it, what it was, it was actually a courier service. So uh, what I did, I bought a small cube truck, and I got a route from Memphis to St. Louis every day. And uh, it was early in the morning, so on the way back, it was just bright daylight. And uh, so my wife kept telling me about, you know, she was she used to work for Concord. Sorry, let's back up. She okay. used to work for Concord uh, EFS at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kept telling me how much money these ISOs are making. And uh, so somehow she hooked me up with one of the ISOs. Uh, by the way, their name was Impact as well. It just wasn't pay system. Right, right. right. And I'd rather not say what it was. But uh, but this guy was just, and I mean, it didn't pay residuals. There was no support. There was all these things that I had promised. Because as you know, Patty, uh, a lot of us who first get into this business, we are all about friends and family. Because sure. we want to learn the business. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that's what I tell the Start you. Start with what you know. Now it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, because those people are more likely to bear any mistakes that we may make. Right. And so that, that's what I did. I signed a bunch of friends and family, and I think I had like 200 accounts in one year, which which is pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's great. But then zero residuals every month, and I'm like, wow. And I fought for it, fought for it, um, and just didn't work out. But what I did do is I started ordering equipment and leasing and selling the equipment. Mm-hmm. And it was under the guy's name, so the guy had to pay for the equipment, and I thought that was that was good enough. I was like, yeah, that's all right. But Emily was like, no, 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 you gotta go for the residuals, not the equipment. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So long story short, uh, I signed a deal uh, with this guy. I end up losing all, the, all this money, and then Emily goes to a president's club trip uh, with Concord, and there I got to meet a whole lot of people. And these people, you know, I'd sit there and complain about my issues. And they said, man, you just need to come direct, man. Man, you just need to come direct. So finally, I, uh, 
uh, I ended up taking the leap and said, you know what, let's just do it. And uh, uh, there's a guy in the industry named Steve Duniak, love the guy to this day, we still stay in touch. Uh, he gave me a pretty sweet deal to get me going. Uh, what I thought was sweet at the time, which it was for a guy who doesn't have any business knowledge. Right. Um, <laughs> and so from there, it just kind of went berserk. You know, uh, I got lucky, very fortunate, and hired some really good people. First data at the time was uh, Concord. Uh, first data had bought Concord. Out sure. A lot of people were getting laid off. Mm -hmm. So I hired people who had experience, uh -huh. uh, who had more experience than I did. I didn't know a thing about merchant services. Uh, and, and so these guys are the ones who taught me merchant services. And people who were Emily's colleagues helped me mm -hmm. learn the business. Um, and so fast forward to... Uh, today, you know, it's been, we got started back in 2000, and uh, uh, today we've been uh, in business for 18 years and uh, wow. have uh, have been very fortunate and lucky to and blessed to have, uh, to have grown and tried different things, and uh, that's kind of my story. Uh, I also I think it's interesting, you said you kept it, the name Impact, right? I mean, was that, a, was that, I would think that would be deliberate because you sort of had built a business around that name? That is exactly why, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a choice but to stick with impact. Funny sure. story, Patty. Uh -huh. uh, and and even Kate probably doesn't know this part of the story, but uh, pay system, I came up with that last portion of it uh -huh. on GreenSheet. GreenSheet had a name generator that you could go in and put something. <laughs> and I remember that. I don't know what the algorithm was on the backside. But wow, whatever Wolf did was great because I came up with pay system. I was like, oh, this is cool. So <laughs> that's that's how I came up with impact pay system. That's very and, cool. Uh, that's very cool. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I I never realized and, and, that. You know, yeah, it's uh, uh, the this industry is so different than anything I've ever done, and I have I've done a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 I've really, honestly. Only been successful at a handful of things, not at all of it. Uh, out of all these things I've tried, there's only a few things that stuck. But I think that is, that's what differentiates um, an entrepreneur from just anybody who's going eight to five Monday through Friday jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, is that you got to you got to not uh, you got to have that drive to to say you know what let me dust off and get back on the saddle because. Yeah. Um, right. Because there's going to be something out there that's going to say, listen, it, it doesn't matter if you're good, if you're brilliant, if you're smart, and, and that's why you make it, or mm -hmm. you just get lucky and you make it, like right. in my case. I, I just happened to be at the right time in the right place and, and got very fortunate. And uh, so I think if you've got the drive and you've got that just that little bit of, uh, little bit of entrepreneurial spirit, which which basically means that you're going to starve for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but someday, yep. someday it will stick. And when right. it does, it, it's well worth the wait. And uh, that's, uh, this industry is unlike any other industry, you know, uh, ongoing residual income. You sell an account once and you get paid for it at least three years, right? If right. Not more. Yep. Uh, our, our average merchant is, has been with us for 12 years now. Wow, so, that's pretty impressive. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, because a lot of my, a lot of the merchants we wrote were from the beginning, and a lot of the things, the niches that we found at the time, mm -hmm. is uh, is is the fact that you know you uh, the attrition was low in those niches, like petroleum mm -hmm. and 
gift cards and things that we could POS systems that we could tie into, and that I think attributes is a, is an attribution to why this happened. Because you give uh, you have more of a hook in with them, right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, ma'am. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's difficult for somebody to just kind of listen. Petroleum is probably one of the one of the best thing ever happened to me. I didn't know anything about petroleum, um, and you know, I uh, what I did have is, is some friends. Uh, here in Memphis, who worked for First Data, who knew petroleum well, and since we're on that story, let's let's give more shout out to Green Sheet. What happened is I used to be on the forum all the time, and uh, that's the Green Sheet forum. To, uh, yes, thank you, the Green Sheet forum. And what happened is during uh, during those sessions, you know, I would I'd help somebody out, somebody had helped me out, and I learned a lot over there. You could ask questions back then. There was a lot of BS going on, but there was a lot mm-hmm. of good people who gave some really sound, good advice, who didn't see you as a threat, saw you more as helping the industry. And and that's kind of what kind of got me into this industry and, and not just stick to the business, but actually get involved into the industry is the fact that there was somebody who helped me. And I thought it would be great to pay that forward and help other people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I started doing that, um, uh, there was a, I forgot the editor's, Karen, I think. Mm-hmm. It was, sure, right. Who was a green sheet editor at the time. Uh, I put up uh, something on the forum that, hey, if anybody, want to learn, anybody wants to learn about petroleum, you know, I had set up a webinar for 50 seats and, um, and, you know, set up a time and date. And then I invited people from First Data to my office, and they would help answer a lot of the questions. Uh-huh. Um, and... What happened is Karen happened to come in on, and listened in, and so she did an article on it. But right away, I got a call, and she said, hey, can you please uh, do some just articles for us, if you don't mind? Uh-huh. Uh, looks like you know, you're, you're from the streets, and you've worked your way, and it would be a great motivational thing. And so I thought, okay, sure. Uh, I did that, and then we were at the Southeast Acquirers Conference in Jacksonville, and um, Kate had asked me to dinner with the, with the entire group. So we go to dinner, and that's where she kind of drops the bomb and says, hey, uh, we have this article called Street Smart. Right, and, right. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a one-year deal. Uh, it's every issue. Uh, would you be interested? And initially my thoughts were, no, heck no, I don't have time for this. I'd right, right. To, but I just don't have time. Number two, you know, uh, I mean, if, if anybody has read my emails, they know. I, if there's a grammar police out there, they'll tell you that I'm probably the worst writer there is. But we have so, good editors I at the Green so, Sheet. That's exactly right. And so I, I was like, I don't know about this. And Kate goes, no, 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 no. All you got to do is just put it together, and we've got awesome editors. They'll fix it and make you look really good. And and they did. Um, and, and, of course, you know, uh, I think Karen left, and was it uh, was it Patty? Yeah, no. No, it was uh, Laura. I think didn't Laura go in after? Laura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it was Laura. So Laura did it, did an awesome job of of helping me uh, helping me fill that role, and and then at times my wife and a lot of other people got involved because um, it's hard to come up with. You know, you write uh, new you ideas write twice a month. Yeah. Topics. Right. Yes. <laughs> It's a difficult thing. You're constantly on the way home instead of thinking about work. I was like, okay, what do I write about? What do I write about? Mm-hmm. But then I started uh, chiming the forum into it, and it became so easy because right. we started talking about topics that became really hot. And mm-hmm. then 
it was easy when they became hot. You knew that topic was hot. Right, and right. So, so that's kind of how. And then from that, what happened is uh, we started writing that our name got out there, and and we ended up getting a lot of calls and recruited a lot of sales reps. And thankfully, a lot of those reps are still around with us. Um, but that's kind of uh, that's kind of how. I got my beginning in this merchant services industry. Well, well, uh, well, eighteen years—that's a—that's a—that's a goodly uh, tenure there, my friend. Uh, what kind of? What are some of the key changes that you've seen um, during that period in the industry, and how's it? How have those changes impacted your business? Uh, yeah, wow, Patty. Right, we, you and I could. You and I could write uh, a book about it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, several of them. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Sorry, I was taking a, water, a sip of water. But what, what's happening, uh, you know, when, when I got into business, uh, some people are going to say, what the heck are you talking about? There, there was some terminal there phone had that were called Zon Juniors right. and Trans 330. Right. And these things were like like a workhorse. I mean, this was, you know, just everywhere you went, they were around. And and we had knuckle busters, you know, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the young folks may not even know what that is, but <laughs> knuckle busters where you get the imprint, you know, with right. the, uh, with the, with the imp- oh, what was it called? With that little lever that uh, you ripped over and back. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah with the, Some with people the, still with use those, D. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I've seen them recently. I have too. Somebody brought it up. You know that's so funny. What we did one year for awards, uh, we do like an annual thing. And for awards one year, we painted that in gold, uh, <laughs> uh, silver, and copper and gave those away and put uh-huh. them on a board, uh, nailed them down on a board. Oh, very cool. Uh, 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 so this industry has changed quite a bit, Patty. We, we went from, you know, and, and, and to take it even a little bit further back, I'm, I'm aging myself. I'm 45. But... Um, you know, my family owned a business, and I remember taking those triplicates to the to my bank and making a deposit like checks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, back before the whole electronic thing came around, right? Um, so you talk talk about that, and and you fast forward to today, and and it's becoming where a terminal is just not a terminal anymore. The terminal is multifunctional and does so much, and so many POS systems, and you know. The, the entire industry uh, has made several turns as far as uh, circles in, in changes, and it just it's constant, and you just never know what's going to stick and what's not going to stick. Right. And, you know, um, Patty, you've known me for a while, and, and so you knew about my other adventure, you know, my trucking, trucking mm-hmm. uh, the Amazon stuff I was doing. Uh, and, and, and I got to tell you, I mean, there's – in, in in just that little short period, I was still involved in the business quite a bit. You know, it's 50-50. I, I still put 50% of my time in this in, in this business before I sold the trucking side. Uh, yet, it became where I was almost getting left behind. I had to make uh, a conscious decision to actually Commit. get on the forum and read up mm-hmm. and keep up with it. Because it was, last five years have gone faster and as far as the evolution of uh, credit card processing is concerned, mm-hmm. I think it's made like a couple of leaps yeah. than than what what we did from the beginning. So back in the days, if you remember, you know, I mean, when I got in it, it was like, okay, let's get rid of this trans 330s and smart cards are coming. And we had those uh, Hypercom. Um, oh, Hypercom had just come up with the multifunctional. Uh, 
What do they call that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you've had, yeah. Uh, shoot, I wrote this down earlier. Uh, but anyways, with Hypercom, they, everybody, that's when this was, believe it or not, and I can tell you what, when this, this was probably early 2000, 20, 2002, 2003, when the Hypercoms came out. And the big thing was, hey, smart cards are here because everybody in Europe and everywhere else right. in the world were using smart cards. Well, I mean, let's face it, smart cards didn't pick up speed till two years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even even to this day, yeah, there's a lot of places I'll go that uh, still say, aren't oh, no, using no, no, them. Don't, don't swipe the card. Yeah, right. swipe it, swipe it. Um, and so there's a lot that has that has changed in the years. Um, and there's so many things buzz that comes down the street, and you just don't know if it's if this this new thing is going to work out or not, or if it's just going to be a, f- a flash in the pan, right? Right. Exactly. And that's that's ever so changing. So, yeah, the industry has changed and it has changed in so many ways. And and I think has it made your business easier or harder, do you think? Has it made selling easier? I think it's made it harder, I think, because Uh it's no longer it's just uh, you used to have to worry about four or five terminals, uh, maybe a gateway. But other than that, you didn't have anything else to worry about. You know, yeah. now you've got POS systems and integrations and does this work with that? And, and you know, I mean, there's so much the more entire, to know. Uh, yes. And, and it's all kind of changed and, and changed in a way where it went a terminal. What we had as a terminal now is become a POS system. Right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so the, the industry uh, overall has uh, has changed. Uh, that the changes have been so drastic that I think um, it would it was much easier to do business back in the days because you know it seems like in this fast paced world with all the integrations and all the setups and all the things that we got to do you can't just have that small base knowledge that you need to reprogram uh, hypercom or omni thirty two hundred mm-hmm. or you know all these terminals that we had back then right now things have changed. And it's no longer just that. You got to have an API and you got to have integration and you got to understand how the API works. And mm-hmm. uh, there's just so much more involved. And so what used to be a fast close is no longer a fast close. The fast close may still be fast close, but what is making it different is, uh, is now after the close, the setup, which used to be, hey, I'm sign- I signed the application today, turn it in, two right. days later. Bring the I terminal. My coding, I right. go reprogram, we're done. Yep. Now it's like, okay, we signed the application, now let's see the integration, and we got to wait probably for a week or two weeks or three weeks for the integration to get done. So there's a lot more involved than just that. And even when the integrations are done, it's not just as easy um, as, as, as reprogramming a POS system or mm-hmm. because there's still so many flags that you got to turn on and this turned on, and if you're don't have the right number or whatever it may be, you know, from the processor, then it doesn't work. And the processor missed the digit and it didn't work. And quite honestly, what made us, what, what made us the petroleum expert is we put processes in place on how to set up a petroleum deal. Mm-hmm. We did so many of them that we screwed up so many times that, that we finally you just figured out a way saying, yes. So now moving forward, don't forget to flag this and don't forget to flag that. And don't forget to, Make sure that first data set up this or so and so set up that. Um, so we've got all these safety nets in place 
that make us uh, makes us uh, the expert in the industry. Uh, but realistically, it's an it's an easy process that anybody can figure out if they went through the hassle that we went through. So I think back in the day, it was much easier to do business than it is today. Um, I I think you would probably agree. Would you say that's that's true? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I James, yeah. I've probably been, been around long, and I mean, you know, for me, I think, I, I agree, I mean, I think it was in a way easier, um, just because, you know, it's weird though to me, I mean, maybe easier, certainly less complicated, mm-hmm. you know, easier to me is kind of relative, because it, you know, the fact that you know how to do all that stuff sets you apart, it used to be a lot harder to set yourself apart, because right. everybody was doing exactly the same thing, but if you do understand the integrations and the APIs and the shopping carts and the uh, contactless and all that, I think uh, I think it's more realistic to actually set yourself apart now than it was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think you're. It's I harder though. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. Yeah. What, what about the? I mean, we hear a lot about how ISOs and MLSs need to do more than just sell transaction services. You know how they need to mer- work as partners, consultants, and bringing new services and ideas to the table to help merchants run their businesses better can you tell us a little bit maybe about how this has played out for you yeah so you know we've we've never been hard sales right it's never been pressure 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 sign or move on we we've always had that consultative approach mm-hmm. and um and so that's that's always worked through. i mean honestly i believe uh the reason our attrition rate is at uh where it's at is 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 also attributed to this in, in addition to the things we discussed earlier because uh because you know this consultative part of it is is huge just calling the merchant you know i called the merchant uh it just happened to be at her shop i guess yeah and um and she's one of one of my merchants and she we did uh, some shopping cart stuff for her so you know walk in there and all of a sudden she was looking at uh, shopify instead of the, the, whatever we were using USA pay, you know, uh-huh. and um, so I started talking to her, and and by the time it was all said and done, uh, it turns out all the fees and 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 everything else that's attached with Shopify uh, for the amount of volume she was doing was not worth it, and so yeah. all of a sudden mm-hmm. I was able to save her sixty dollars, even though she's been with us for this long. To right. switch her to to a different different process to save her sixty bucks. So it's an ongoing process. It's not it's not as long as you don't mind. Listen, I've got a I've got restaurants where I'll go eat and 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 you know I won't be able to enjoy my dinner because, because they're talking to you the whole time. The customer wants to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to spend a little family time. So if if you don't mind that, then you know this is I'm the consultative is in my opinion is a much better sell. If you're yeah. if you're just in there to make a buck and get out, man, make a buck and get out, but then you're not going to keep that merchant. That buck isn't going to be keep coming, right? Right. That, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Good right. stuff. So, yes, I, I totally agree. This this uh, this consultative approach works better. And, um, you know, Patty, you know something that, that we discussed this before, too. Um, we did something different. We just moved to uh, a neighboring county. And and it's a, it's a little, I guess it's a little... Uh, a little country, to say the least. A little more rural than, when, so, than Memphis, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so, and 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 so, what we decided to do, we love the county and love the people, and and so we wanted to do something special, and we we opened up a, another division that's specifically for that county, and we named that 
you know, Fayette Merchant Services. So, ah, so uh, smart. Thing. Very smart. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is, it's been the most amazing thing I've ever seen. There's so many things you try in business life. If you're an entrepreneur, you have tried things that, that just, you know, so much stuff that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden you put something and you're like, whoa, this one's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, and, and what that did is, number one, it localized us. Well, hey, right. we're not nationwide, yep. but we're local. Mm-hmm. Number two, we take portion of revenue, actually 30% of the revenue, and we either give it back to a charity within the county or we end up um, end up donating to farmer's market or sponsoring uh-huh. stuff for the farmer's market or whatever to mm-hmm. support the county and the sure. city. And, um so, so that in itself is, is sort of a controlled move, right? Because right. Now sure. I'm working with the county trying to figure out how to how to integrate their tax payments and how to do. So there's all this default businesses, and that wasn't our intention. But all of a sudden, all these people are saying, wait a minute, this guy's investing time and money into the county. Then maybe we should give him the business. The business, instead sure. Instead of having right. a competitor. Right? I, I, so I hear you. Yeah. I think uh, – it's a different sort of consult, uh, consultation, but but it works because it still it localizes you and it puts you face to face with the merchant, where mm-hmm. you are able to say, "Hey, I think this is a great idea," especially in rural areas where you know they may not have a website just yet, and, right. and we're building a website for them, or they may not have a shopping cart or a e-commerce uh, exposure, and so we put them into e-commerce. We get them a e-commerce shopping cart set up. Uh, with the website, and now all of a sudden, you know, their sales are picking up on on your uh, e-commerce. Uh, right, right. Business. And so, there's a. I think I think there's a bunch of different ways to consult instead of just saying, "Hey, I'm an expert. Let me help you out." Because none right. of us are experts. Right. Uh, but but we are expert in merchant services. But there's things within the merchant services that we can do mm-hmm. that would still help the merchant out and the community out at the same time. So you're getting a, a triple whammy there. You're helping the merchant out, you're helping your community out, and you're creating a revenue stream. Right, and you're creating so a revenue stream for yourself. About- sure. That's great. Let me, let me right. just, let, there's, exactly. there, if I could just hit on two hot button issues that uh, we seem to come upon a lot in these interviews, if I could just get your thoughts real quickly. Um, mobile payments and loyalty, um, and cash yeah. discounting. I know these are diverse topics, so you can take one or the other or both. But yeah. uh, you talk about helping yeah. the merchants and that, the cash discounting. I was wondering. I know um, a lot of people see that as helping merchants. What's your thought on that? So, so yeah, let me talk about cash discount because, I, I mean, mobile payments is, is huge. So it's huge. Course, we can come back uh, to that another time. Let's, let's talk about cash discounting. Yes. Yeah, so cash discount, you know, uh, we still don't know when the dust settles where we're going to end up. Right. Uh, is this the smart card, um, smart card, uh, the, what is the smart card is coming, smart card is coming that we, we had in. Back in the, in the 90s, sure, right. The same thing or not. Yeah. So we don't know. And, and um, I, I think there is, there is a market for it. Uh, we actually have a a product for it we 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 had worked with uh uh with the manufacturer of one of the P, uh one of the pos systems and they uh we developed something for us that that actually does true cash discounting uh-huh. and 
it gets so complicated, Patty. You know, this cash discount right. is great, but there's a lot of rules around it. You've got to know them really yeah, well. And, exactly. You know, we, we've spent a lot of money in legal to make sure that we stay legit with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, there's so much, so much surrounding that, that we don't know. That said, I think cash discounting is great for certain merchants, and we're killing it in cer- certain markets. And, and be that like automotive. And, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, one of our largest customers is uh, is a glass company. And so they, it's a large... It's you mean like a, replacing windshields and things like that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the big buildings, they do glass on the right. buildings, do windshields. I mean, mm-hmm. all the showers, all of that stuff. Right. Um, so what he, he, he called me up the other day because they had a... And they regularly do this. Um, but they, they had a $400,000 transaction wow. that they ran. And... So he calls me up when he realized how much fee he paid. Because I guess it's easier when you're doing ten dollar transactions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easier, but when you look at uh, when you look at the, on the other scope and you're like, oh crap, that's a lot of money. Sure um, is. He called me up. And he's like, hey man, what can we do? Can we charge the customer for this? And and so uh, we went through the whole shebang and we presented it to them and and they went to the board and, and spoke to the board. And, and the board turned it down eventually, and for legitimate reasons. And the reason was that a lot of the consumers are going to be put off by it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, a, it's a catch-22. Some people love this idea. Some people just absolutely hate it. Right. I'm right. one of those, Patty. I don't carry any cash. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I've got cash in my pocket... It's it's either because I robbed a bank, <laughs> robbed a bank. Or, I've, I've got three daughters and a wife. Let me tell you, there's not cash. That there's no cash left for no, your wallet, right? No, <laughs> no, no. But on the other it's hand, I will say that I am a cash person, and you know sometimes that idea is not such a bad idea. You know, yeah. Um, and and, and that, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And, but am I willing to pay three percent or four percent uh, to purchase something just simply because? I don't have cash. Right. You know what? That's the price I pay for not having the cash. That's, and I it's, no that's the cost that of convenience, right? That, that is the cost of convenience. Now, the key here is as long as I knew about it. I walk into right. the store, the signage is there that tells me, hey, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Then that's fine. Then it's my prerogative if I want to buy exactly. it. Exactly. go to the ATM and pay $2, right? Mm-hmm. right. So, if you try to, to sneak the fee onto the receipt. If you try to sneak the fee onto the receipt, then yeah. the then the consumer uh, starts to get a little upset about that. Right, right. And I think you and I have yes. talked about this in the in the past, D. I mean, I I could see paying a discount on a high ticket item. You know, let's say I'm buying a new stereo right. or something, but I'm not exactly sure I want to do it on my soda or my McDonald's exactly. Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah, that thirty cent starts to get you yeah. when you're buying your can of Pepsi. Right. Right. Exactly. And so, so that's. Uh, I, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. I think there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be, you know, it, it's one of those where you walk into somewhere and, and it could be a great topic, uh, talking point because these guys, these merchants hate paying, uh, yeah. paying the fees, right. right? So you walk in and say, listen, you're, you're going to pay just a monthly fee of 20 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever it is. Um, and, and everything else, your customer, it, it opens up the door. But once the merchant starts thinking about it, are they going to sign? We don't know. But if you do your job well enough, then you should be able to get them, hopefully, for merchant services 
be it cash discount or not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it opens up the doors, and that's half of the battle. Right, because, having the discussion, you know, right? So mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Uh, but, I, I, again, I think automotive is perfect for it. Dry cleaning is perfect for it. Uh, we've, we've got quite a few dry cleaners who, who love the program. Uh-huh. Uh, these are discount, discount, you know, like the 99 Right, the 99, uh, 99 cent shirt. Cents. Bring your shirts in at eight; they'll be ready yeah. at five. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. In that case, I have no problem paying four percent mm-hmm. because yeah. you, you know I, I mean I'm paying 99 cents where everybody else is charging me two twenty-five. Exactly. So I have no problem paying the four cents or five cents or whatever I end up paying there. Um, so I think there are certain markets that set for it. Uh, I don't think it's for everybody. I don't mm-hmm. think that you can put it in a retail store and it would do well at all. I think you'd get a lot of ticked off merch, uh, customers. customers. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I think the the places, the niches where it works on, it works really well because that's just kind of uh, the convenience. And and again, this is not a surcharge, right? Because right. There's a big difference. Big difference. A surcharge yeah. and a discount program. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so there's a lot of legalities around it and. I would suggest, you know, if they're thinking about, and by the way, uh, you know, there, there's a, if anybody has questions, they're welcome to contact me. I'm, I'm sure you, you guys will put an email address or something on, on the, uh, sure. is it possible to put it on the? Yeah, uh, we'll make some show else? notes. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So if anybody ever needs to talk about it, I've got tons of research I've done and I don't mind sharing. And I'll be back uh, in touch with you on that because I'm writing a lead on that soon. So. <laughs> nice. Yes, please let me know. And I've got uh, yeah, I've got plenty of contacts for you too on that. Other other sources that are better than me. So, uh, but the discount program I think uh, might last unless Visa does some changes. You know, we always figure out how to get around certain rules, and they'll right. figure out how to. And they'll uh, figure out how to yeah, rewrite new barriers. Yes, yeah. indeed. Well, but Dee, this has we been. Just don't s- know if, uh... Go ahead. Yes. No, yeah. I mean, no, 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 Patty. I, 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 you know, I always enjoy talking to you, and this is the problem. When you call, we, we never, act forever. We, we always walk an hour, and we, yeah. <laughs> we walk an hour, and we end up talking three or four hours. But, right. Patty, um, I think, you know, I think uh, overall, to just kind of sum it up, um, I think what people need to look at is what's best for them. What's best for me is not something that may necessarily work for you right. in Maryland. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. Uh, sure. My mm-hmm. market is different. Yeah. My market is different. Uh, my my sales reps are different. My sure. customers are different. I mean, there's just so many uh, so many things that are different. So I think who uh, you can't do exactly what I'm doing and think, oh, yeah, it worked for him. It worked for him, so it'll work for me. So work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You've got to go out there and figure out what your thing is. And what you're and most comfortable you with. find your thing. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when you're talking to the merchant, your confidence level on the subject comes through. Right. If you know your subject well, the confidence level comes through. So I think if you find the niche that you know the best and stick to that, I think it's a recipe for success majority of the time. So, But, yes, thank you very much for thank uh, you. inviting me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy. Brought to you by Greensheet.com, a premier resource for the electronic payments industry. The Greensheet has been on the beat since 1983, always focused on boosting the feet on the street in our evolving sphere. 
There's been a lot written over the past several years about how newer, more nimble firms are upstaging legacy players in fields like banking and merchant services. Disruptors like PayPal, Square, and Dwalla have caused more than a little angst, sleepless nights, I'd say, for ISOs and MLSs. But they're not alone. Merchants, particularly the small and mid-sized businesses that bulk most portfolios, are just as challenged by their own disruptors. From Amazon to Walmart, these retailing disruptors are many, and they are fiercely competitive. ISOs and MLSs can help clients compete with these retailing disruptors, can be rewarded with more and stickier clients. The operative word here is clients. Historically, MLSs have sold on price. But when you sell on price, you set yourself up to be unseated by the next best deal. By establishing a client relationship, you're embedding yourself into a business. Merchants have a whole hierarchy of needs that they use when assessing partner relationships, and price is rarely at the top of that hierarchy. In my conversations with ISOs, MLSs, consultants, and card-accepting businesses, three attributes have emerged that I believe can make or break merchant relationships. These are understanding client needs, offering products and services that respond to those needs with the minimal disruptions to the business, and good service. Yeah, that's great. Good stuff. You know, what's so interesting to me is when you talk about these disruptors, the thing everybody kept talking about was, you know, eventually payments are just going to be free, and then you're going to pay for the software and everything else. It's gone all totally the other direction. Totally. What you do is now, Square, what do they charge you for? Payments. Mm-hmm. And then for free, what do they give you? All the technology and the software. Right. So I, right. I just, I think it's been very interesting. I think, um, you know, is banking and interchange going to be disrupted in the U.S. in a significant way? It already is, but... You know, is it going to go away? I don't think so. I think you got a long time. And I did a, a video actually recently. It was one of the most popular ones we've ever done on American Express mm-hmm. and their Supreme Court case, which okay. yeah. really cemented the fact that if you were waiting for the Supreme Court to just get, let's get rid of interchange. You know, let's go to the, the model the UK has. No, it's not, not happening. Happen. Not for a long time anyway. And I, I really don't see it happening here. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. But, you know, you have so many competitive um, parties. Yeah. You know, banks versus merchants. What lawmaker right. in the right mind is going to take a side? Exactly. Get in the middle of two? that one. Nobody wants to get in the middle of right. that one. And in the U.S., right. it's going to take legislation. It is. And, you know, they just had a chance, uh, was it six months ago, to uh, repeal the Durban Amendment when they mm-hmm. did the, what is it, the Financial Freedom and Reform Act or Reform something rather? Act, yeah. And, and it was a big, I mean, it was, you saw a big topic. I mean, it was, you know. Everybody said, oh, here it comes, here it, here comes. it comes. Nope. Nope. They want to have nothing to do with it. No, they don't. I mean, the only way that the Durban Amendment was passed was by being tucked into a much bigger bill. Exactly, yes. And, you know, we're not going to see that kind of, and especially right. now because in the Republican-controlled Congress, right. they are trying to chip away at the Durban Right. I mean, excuse me, at the at the Dot Frank Dodd Financial Frank Forum. Yeah. Right. But Durban is not the top priority there. No, not at all. And they, like I said, that was a hotly debated topic. So it's, to me, it's like the legislators don't want anything to do with it. Mm-mm. The Supreme Court doesn't want anything to do with it. They Mm-mm. made that clear. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know where. So, again, what we're looking at is what you're talking about, companies. Yes. You know, private companies that are going to disrupt. But you can disrupt only so much. There is an infrastructure where you have to pay for money to move. Yes. And, and the fact of the matter is in the, in the United States, the Banks will always be the gatekeepers to the payment system. Right. So there's and there's, so there's always going to be a fee involved. Right. 
It, yep. I mean, you can't be any other gatekeeper. Does any other gatekeeper allow you in free of charge? No, of course so, not. So yeah. it's just it, it is interesting. I mean, like Square is really interesting because they have moved pretty aggressively away from kind of the flea market merchant. And mm -hmm. now with their point of sale and technology offer, I mean, you are seeing them as I'm talking to reps in the field, they're definitely seeing Square much more prevalent in, you know, uh, Chinese, uh, you know, restaurants and, and quick service. And right. just, you know, there's, there are some verticals that they are doing a pretty good job in. There are some verticals, but, it, but again, it, like you said, it's, you know, it's the technology. Exactly. It's, it's not the payments. Not and, the payments. and to me, you can still compete with them. I mean, they're not, well, you know, they're yeah. not offering anything that's just that sticky. No, there's nothing it's sticky It's a tablet there. point of sale system and flat rate pricing. We've been doing stuff like that for years. For years. And and, and again, the thing that, that doesn't come with Square is that hand-holding. Exactly. Yep, yeah. the customer service to actually leverage the technology. And that's what I find so interesting. You know, because I do what I do, when mm -hmm. I go to a place that has a you know, terminal or anything, I'm always asking questions. Oh, sure, me too. Right? right? And when you go to somebody using Square and they're using, you know, the Square tablet or whatever – uh, the square register, um, you know, why are you using that register? Is it because of the amazing technology? No, it's because the flat rate pricing, right? And it's really easy to use. Right. But, you know, another thing that somebody pointed out to me not long ago is, you know, a lot of um, merchants will complain about merchant agreements and, you know, they're too complex and, you know, sure. oh, you know, Visa and MasterCard have these rules, but they're online and they take pages and pages and pages. Right. Well, did you ever really, have any of those guys ever really looked at the at the square contract? <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. You know? Well, I think we'll get, I think too, our industry is drifting uh, away from, you know, because of Payfax, mm -hmm. you know, I think we're, you know, which is what Square is, right. we're moving closer to the Square model where it's like, if you actually read the terms and conditions, it's going to be enormous, but signing a merchant up, I'm oh, really yeah. heavily involved in that right now. We're doing some online application stuff mm -hmm. and, you know, making that from a technology perspective, it's like, really, you know, you can just have a terms and conditions that they read. And, you know, so we're, we're getting to a point where I think we're going to be on the same playing field. There's some ISOs right now that I think their online signup is just as convenient as Square. Oh, I'm, yeah. I agree. I, I I don't think the square is that simple. No, I don't either. I've I've actually tried to get a you know I did the square thing yeah. one time. Yeah. It was a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um. And again, I was only doing it just because I wanted to see what it was like. What it was like, right? You know, I didn't really have anything big to sell, but <laughs> sure. I was going to yeah. go to a flea market. I said, oh, let's just see if this works. Right. Sure. And by the time I got it downloaded and everything, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That was one of the apps that you downloaded and then deleted that we you talked about it. in the last episode. <laughs> in the last, right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Okay, service component, I think, is most important. And I was discussing this recently with a friend who runs a small trade association. She told me how she'd been using a big-name acquirer for years and how she felt like she was paying a lot of money but not getting a lot of service in return. Right. So she asked around and was put in touch with an MLS, who she says has proven to be much more hands-on, an approach that makes her feel like her association has a business partner. And that's exactly yeah. what she said to me. I wow. have a partner. Wow. Someone who is there when she has questions or problems. Someone who's willing and able to work with her and her bookkeeper at a moment's notice. Yeah. The fact that this MLS was able to offer better pricing was the icing on the cake, my friend said. The real value arises from the prompt and insightful service that comes from the agent. Yeah. That's a good client relationship. Sure. You know what's interesting? I'd be curious your thoughts on this. Because, like, to me, one of the big challenges, I think, uh, faced by agents is – you know, merchants are willing to pay for better service, mm -hmm. but how do you prove that? Like when you go in to make the sale, it does usually come down to price. And I think it's primarily because 
you know, what do you say? We have the best customer service. Well, okay. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, any thoughts on that? How do you get around that? I think you say, if you have a, any problem whatsoever, here's my card. Yeah. Give me a call. Yeah, it's got to be specific. It has to be specific. You have, uh, like my friend was saying, she said uh, this agent calls her three or four times a year just to check in. Right. She says, other than that, I've only had a call her twice. Right. But both times that I called her, she was on the phone immediately. Right. You know, I had a problem with my billing. This billing statement just doesn't look right. Right. You know, let me take a look at it. You know, send it over. Let me take a look at it. She's back on the phone a half an hour later. You're right. Yep. They made a mistake. I'll take care of that for you. Yeah. You know, it's another thing I found, too, that's kind of interesting is if you really want to set yourself apart, give your give your merchants multiple ways to communicate. Mm-hmm. My merchants, most of my – I don't even remember last time a merchant called me from my local portfolio. They usually text me or email me. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I love that. Oh, I would yeah. much rather get a text or an email because a phone call is going to take so much longer, and I can't really do anything. I like to – I get a text, then I can call the – uh, processor or whatever mm-hmm. on the other line, figure things out, and then text them back. And right. So I think, too, you know, let them know, hey, look, you can you can call me, text me, or email me anytime. So making that specific promise is, is what it is. Up yeah. front. Up front and say, sure. you know, and even even give yourself a timeline. Say, you know, I will call you back within right. two hours. Right. You know, because in this type of business, it better be quick. It better be quick. You know? Absolutely. So if you can say that up front or yeah. if you say, hey, you know what? I know that this is a new arrangement for you. So I will come in and sit down with your bookkeeper yeah. or your tax accountant or whatever. Right. right. And make sure that everything's set up right. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned it in the last episode. You know, for me, when I was out selling, you know, what the reason I had those extra terminals in my trunk is because that was my customer service promise when they mm-hmm. said i would say i have great customer service and let me explain what i mean right in my trunk right now i have three terminals ready to be programmed if you're my client and your terminal goes down i guarantee that i'll be here within two hours and i will either fix or replace your terminal immediately mm-hmm. they knew okay that's what that you, know, you have to that's say what it means you can't just say i have good service what does that mean so what everybody can say that exactly it's 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 when the you know where does the rubber meet the road sure and you know or as i like to say to people it's great to talk to talk but you have to walk the walk absolutely and uh, so, okay, uh, that gets us to understanding client needs. You know, this can be a tough nut to crack because they can vary by merchant size, vertical, even geography. Sure. Um, this is one reason why so many ISOs and MLSs are honing on, on specific categories, specific vertical markets yep. like petroleum, hospitality, quick service restaurants, etc. It's also not unusual to find ISOs and MLSs that focus on markets and businesses where they have firsthand experience and inside knowledge about pain points. Oh, my. So true. I can't tell you how many agents that have been really successful in this industry. Just yesterday, I talked to a guy. Mm -hmm. He's had 100 new merchant accounts in this first year in the business, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, Almost all of them he got because his family was in the petroleum industry. Mm Mm-hmm. His cousin, I think it was, runs an association that mm-hmm. has like a thousand members or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he spent that whole year, and his whole presentation was about petroleum and you know how we can help your gas station, basically. Right. And so yeah, I mean, if you have that, you know, if you were selling, uh, you know, if you were selling things to restaurants, you know, you were selling ovens to pizza shops, right? And you come into Merchant Services, Target pizza shops, exactly. You know, you know that vertical, exactly. Yeah. So and then um, offering products and services that address real needs. Every merchant wants to grow and scale, so a top priority in courting merchants should be PO systems and reporting functionality that will help them grow and hopefully help them save money. Yeah. Make money in some cases. Absolutely. Uh, I recently interviewed an MLS who has been building a book of business with independent restaurants. 
And restaurants, among other things, require the services of printing companies. Sure. Right? And he soon discovered that his clients were paying premium prices to national printing firms to right. print up their menus and, sure. and whatever. So he went out and he investigated and he partnered with a printing firm and negotiated a fee structure that allowed him to resell the services for less than clients were already paying yeah. to those big chains. <laughs> it's a very yeah. simple it is. It was a simple thing. He just happened to be talking to this one guy and said, hey, where do you get those printed up? Yep. And uh, Just like that, he's adding value. Just like that, he's adding value, exactly. Mobile marketing and payment solutions represent another area of opportunity. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but you know the, the market is brimming with mobile solutions, and it's tough for a small business owner to sift through all the hype yeah. and find a solution that truly helps them. And helps relevant customers. Right. Um, An ISO or MLS that truly understands the client's business can bring solutions to the table that respond to real needs and that drive real value. Yeah. You know what's funny? I want to be the the sales guy here for a minute because, you know, one thing that's interesting as I talk to to reps is that, you know, when you talk about what you're talking about, you know, you got to add more value and this and that. A lot of times the reps have a hard time figuring out what exactly does that mean? What am I supposed to do differently than I'm doing today? Mm-hmm. And to me, one of the key things is the sales process. And the sales process has to change a little bit, but not as much as a rep might think. A lot of them make the mistake of going in and like, okay, I've got a point of sale system now. So that's what I'm going to pitch. I'm going to go in and lead off with a point of sale. Well, that means it's going to take you a month to close the deal, mm-hmm. right? What I always would do, because I've always been, you know, again, I'm a developer. So even when it was just me, I was always offering, you know, hey, if you sign up, I'll give you a website or whatever. But all of that stuff to me has always been secondary because the merchant services, when I go in, my rationale is I say, hey, Mr. Smith, the reason I think you should sign up with me is that I'm going to offer you the best deal on merchant services because... I want to build a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I want to free up your cash flow because I also do marketing or I also do point of sale or whatever your other value proposition is. So this is just a way that I found a simple, easy decision for you. I'm going to save you money. It's a no-brainer. And then you start a relationship with me and then I've got you know my printing company or mm-hmm. whatever you mentioned. But if you position it that way, it allows you to say, you know, because then they're like, well, that's a really big decision. Email us a, uh, you know, a five page proposal. Uh, and you're like, well, absolutely, I'm going to do that. But let's do this. Let's start the relationship today with the merchant services. You're already processing payments. I'm not going to change anything. I don't want to disrupt your operation right now. Let's start a relationship. We need to know what it's like to work together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save you money or you know match your price or whatever. So it's a no-brainer decision. Then let's start a relationship and then let's move forward. And then you'll have somebody doing the processing that you know this guy integrates with point of sale. This guy understands QuickBooks or printing or whatever your additional value proposition is. But don't be afraid to keep it simple and lock down that merchant services and then add the other stuff. I agree wholeheartedly with that um, because really merchant services is what it's all about. It right? is. I mean, that's that's always been the entree. Right. Everything above that is, yeah. is gravy. So if you can get that relationship and they can come to trust you. Right. Yep. Then you then you got. And I mean, if you want proof of that, look at Square. Mm-hmm. Square is a quote unquote technology company. Look at their ads. Are they advertising their point of sale system? No. No. flat rate every ad you'll ever see. That's it exactly. Because they they realize that a point of sale system is a big decision. Merchant services can be a smaller decision. Mm -hmm. Get the yes in the smaller decision and then as you build trust, well then it's a lot easier to go in and say, hey, here's a $7,000 point of sale system. Well, they already trust you. Right. So you have a, a leg up there. You start off small and then you build. Sure. 
This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com. CC Sales Pro is the leader in merchant sales training and creator of InstantQuoteTool.com, the quickest way to provide your merchants with an accurate estimate on the spot. Visit us today to start your free 30-day trial or inquire about our branded ISO solutions. Here we have a question from Ari, and uh, he asks a question that would only be asked in the merchant services industry, right, Patty? Oh, yes. Uh, is it better uh, as an industry standard to make the statement easy for the customer to understand or to make it more complicated and somewhat confusing? Now, some of you are like, why is he asking that? Well, the reason is because, of course, when you you know do price increases or if you price somebody mm -hmm. in a way that they're not expecting, you know, is it better to conceal that in the statement or keep it simple? And I think, to me, the question is, is really... Do I want to build a long-term business or do I want to try to make a short hit and, and that's it? If you're trying to build a long-term relationship, simple is better. Always. No doubt, right? Simple and honest. Simple and honest. So there you go. On to the next one. This next question is one that I'm really passionate about. Um, it comes from Paul. He says, how would I go about picking an e-commerce partner to work with? And the reason that I'm so passionate about this is because, as all of you know, I think at this point, um, so I'm a kind of a weird guy. I'm a sales professional and I'm a computer programmer. Mm -hmm. That's a really unusual combination, it I think. It is an unusual combination. But, you know, those are my two passions. And so I think e-commerce right now, in my opinion, the people who listen to this podcast, I think that is one of the number one untapped opportunities. Mm -hmm. More and more businesses are going to e-commerce. And we're just not selling them. We're not selling them at all. No one is prospecting them. And so um, a couple things I would tell you about this. I would say, number one, you need to understand some of the you know, idiosyncrasies and things that have to do with e-commerce. You know, It's not just about finding an e-commerce partner that has a low cost structure or good pricing. With e-commerce, it's much more about integration. Yes. So can they, do they have a set process in place where they can help uh, you know, a merchant that's currently using authorized.net to switch over to their gateway provider for their online shopping cart. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now, uh, excuse me, you're going to be competing with, um, you know, Braintree, you're going to be competing with uh, Stripe, you're going to be competing with these other companies that are, that are doing this. And you have to have the technology has to be there. But I would say really the other thing, I would kind of go in a different direction even answering the question. You know, I think finding a good partner in this case to me is about integration. But I think the other thing is, are you selling? You know, when it's e-commerce, some of you could make so much more money with your ISO or as an individual rep by, you know, getting lists of e-commerce businesses in your local market. Mm -hmm. They're in office buildings. You know, mm -hmm. I or just, homes. or homes. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just talking, who was I talking to yesterday? I can't remember now. I had lunch. Uh, oh, I had lunch with an ISO uh, that just opened the new office about 45 minutes from here. So we met up for, for lunch with one of our clients and um, we were talking about our software and stuff like that. But as part of the conversation we were talking about, I said, it's so crazy how, you know, here we are and, you know, Patty's here with me. We're in our studio. So we've got a little office suite here with like five offices. Um, been in this area for 10 years. Never one time has any rep walked in here or called us to offer merchant services. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. I process tens of thousands of dollars a month, you know, um, and but no one's ever tried. And so it just goes to show you that there are other opportunities out there with office parks and e-commerce. But to find the right partner, I think it's also about the technology, too. Yeah. And your story, believe it or not, the green sheet um, in the 10, 12 years I've been there. Yeah. I can count maybe I can count on one hand. Yeah. How many times we've been right? You would think with all the MLSs and ISOs yep. that read us, we'd be getting called on all the time. Right, right. Um, now, again, now Kate's phone's going to ring off the hook. Now I you know, said now that, that, right? I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kate. 
But but seriously, I think that there's yeah. a lot to be said for that, um, especially office parks. Imagine oh, yeah. how many businesses. I was just walking through your, through your right. office building here. Yeah, your little acupuncture guy down right. here and little, financial uh, services. And it looks like there's an architect or something. Architecture company. You know, they yeah. all, they're all, all accepting credit cards. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think, you know, to me, it's a two-part answer. I think one is, and it kind of goes back to why that happens, why people don't accept that opportunity. And the reason is because, number one, they're not going after it. you got to get the list of e-commerce businesses. you got to go to the office parks. Right. And number two, they're afraid that, you know, a lot of reps are literally afraid to sell somebody that takes payments online because they don't know what to do with it. Do a little research. It's not that hard. You're going to have to have a, there, there has to be a third party involved. You have to have a web developer. Right. Somebody, you got to have a web developer. And again, go to upwork.com and find an independent contractor. I mean, it's not like that's that hard to find somebody that understands how an online shopping cart works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I have many of them working at my company that understand that. It's not that hard to find them. So you're going to have to have that third person involved in the transaction. And it's a little bit of a different pitch, but it's such a great opportunity because many of them are paying 3 and 4% effective rate to Stripe and these other companies. Exactly. And then don't you think margin. there's also a lot of upsell opportunity? Oh, my, yeah. You know, that once, once you figure out who these, these companies are, and you you know you get a better fix on what their needs are. Right. There's all kinds of options. So many things. Facebook marketing. You know, mm-hmm. a lot. These are those are the companies that are doing most of the online marketing. Yeah. Right. And so you know if you can uh, partner with a local marketing company or even a national you know branded program, mm-hmm. there's just tons of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you hit on a good one there, Paul. Thanks for that question. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Our next question comes from John, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase this one a little bit. Uh, basically, the idea here, he's talking about a rep that they had that came in that was going to be a traveling sales rep. So, you know, they're going to pay for hotel, uh, probably generate some appointment scheduled leads, I would think. And this uh, lady was going to kind of go around and sell. And he's kind of asking, is that normal in the industry? Is it common? Do you see it a lot? So the answer to that question is yes, um, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. I just talked to a company, I think last week, that I'm doing some consulting for, and they use this model exclusively. They, you know, send their group of reps to one area and they blanket the area. They already have appointments scheduled. And mm-hmm. so this happens a lot. Um, you know, the, the larger question, though, that he mentions here is do merchants care, though? You know, um, you and mean so do merchants care whether it's a whether you're local rep or local. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Um, and so, you know, I, my answer to that is I think some do. I think the broader thing is is really more your value proposition has to change a little bit. Yeah. You don't go out and, you know, where where I have a real problem with traveling reps is when they do go in and say, I'm a local person here. Mm-hmm. If you're not a local person, don't say you're a local person, please. Because you're going to get caught in that lie. Yes, because they're going to call you and say, hey, my terminal just went down. Can you just swing over real quick? Uh-huh. Oh, well, I'm four hours away from you. I thought you said you were local. Right. So, you know, be careful. Don't get your hand caught in the cookie jar. But... If you present it correctly, um, and you know, Patty, I think you even brought up, you know, what about pricing? You know, you're going to get a better deal because we're, you know, we're a larger company and we're just going over and trying to right. get a lot of people on board. We actually have seven or eight of us out here today, you know. So, be I always think the best way to make a connection with the merchant right off the bat is pure honesty. Agreed. Tell them what you're doing. Hey, I, you know what? Actually, I'm staying in a hotel right down the the street here. Uh, you know, my company sent an entire group of us out here, seven of us, and we're really excited because we really want to get some great customer relationships in this market. Start off by telling them what you're doing. Be honest about it. Mm-hmm. They're going to see through your dishonesty most of the time anyway. Oh, yeah. Be honest. And I think that's going to help you. And so to me, I don't think it's, I wouldn't say it's make or break. I know a lot of companies that have been very successful with uh, traveling reps. Um, and I know a lot of companies that have been very successful with local reps. And I and I th- really think it has to do with the merchants meant, you know. Yeah, I mean, sure. there are some merchants. I mean, you know, I run a small business. I like to g- 
give business to local guys as much as possible. But sure. if I'm going to get a better price, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's always going to be my priority. Yep. And I think it's funny too, you know, to me, I think, you know, as the, this is the consultant side of me thinking about, you know, I've done consulting for, for different ISOs that do both of these models. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, to me, it's so easy to pitch either side. That, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, you, that's what you, your experience has been yeah. the same, right? It's so easy to pitch either side. Because I don't side. think it really, I, I think to the vast majority, they could care less where you are. What they care right. about is, are you going to answer the phone when they call exactly. you? Exactly. And are, and are you just a stand up person? Are you somebody that right. they, they connect with? So to me, it's like, you know, if you're, if I'm local, I'm going to go in and say, I'm local. Don't go with one of these companies that's not local because I'm right here in the area and, and service and all that. If I'm, you know, national and I'm coming in as a traveling rep, I'm going to say, mm -hmm. don't go with one of these, these local guys because I know you want to help them out. But the truth is, many times as you found, they're not going to provide better service than me anyway. Right. And their fees are so much higher. And so, so to me, it's just a matter of you got you to go with what you got. And, and again, it always goes back to honesty. You know, I remember the very first time when I set up my very first business and I tried to get a credit card account. The guy just was sleazy, right. you know? He just, I couldn't do business with this man. Yeah. And because I was in writing about payments and stuff, I called an ISO that I knew and said, hey, yep. I know you're not in Maryland, you know, I know you're not in Maryland, but I know right. you're, you know, you have, you have merchants here. Can you set me up with something? Absolutely. And it was because, you know, that's a person that I trusted. I knew that yep. they would give me a good deal. And, and, and I think that sometimes, you know, this business, a lot of reps get a bad rep. Yeah, you know, they and do. and merchants are a little bit leery. They are. So that's to me, I think honesty is 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 far more important than proximity. Yeah. One other last little tip I would give you is if you're going to be on a traveling team or if you're an ISO looking to do that, uh, one thing I would highly recommend is look into the option of letting your reps do a month to month agreement. Mm. That can be a little bit more important when you're a traveling rep because mm -hmm. you're telling if you're being honest, hey, I'm not from here, but guess what? Our service is so good that we sign you up on a month-to-month -month agreement because we allow you to cancel at any time because mm -hmm. we know you're going to be so happy with the service we provide, you're never going to cancel. You're never going to cancel. you got to be able to say that line if you're if you're not a, a local rep. And so, you know, that's that's one thing I would say that usually in consulting, I'll, I'll make that recommendation that's a little different. Whereas if you're local, it's more about a mutual commitment. And sometimes the, a three-year agreement can actually be a good thing in your pitch when you're local. Right. But it could also be, you know, things, a lot of things change in three years. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So good stuff. Hey, great question, John. Thanks so much for that one. This has been another episode of Questions from the Field. Thanks for listening in. Make sure you tune in next week for more questions from reps and ISOs just like you.